welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. Your number one source for theories, news and discussion. And interviews from the books and the films like me, Rupert Grint. I play Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter films. And now your host, Melissa, John and Sue. Welcome guys to the first of many post-Deathly Hallows Pottercasts. Just a warning, if you haven't finished reading Deathly Hallows, you should probably stop this podcast. It will be full of spoilers. Finally home from our whirlwind summer, it is the real Pottercast 113. Woo! Welcome, welcome. It's Pottercast. We're back to our regularly scheduled Pottercasts recording from three separate rooms again. Aww. Aww. About darn time. <laughs> I, know, I like recording in my underwear. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, John. Thanks, we don't. John. <laughs> you are welcome. In this week's show, we are we are heading slowly and painfully and trying to remember how we do this after how many months of driving around, live shows, and whatnot. This week, we have a very special interview with Rupert Grint, but it's yes. from our friends at RupertGrint.net. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Claire. Yes. Yay! Yay, Claire! For not only allowing us to be in on the interview, but to give us this wonderful recording to use very excited rock yes, yes. it's awesome you, you, you can uh by now some, some of you probably watched part one of the interview on rupertgrin.net uh on in video format and you'll be able to see the rest of the video uh, in a few days or so but uh here is the whole interview in its entirety of the audio coming up soon on the show awesome and then we're going to be back to discuss the movie. A lot of you guys have been asking us for a just straight out mm-hmm. discussion of what we thought of the movie. And I'm actually really excited to do this because I think we're going to try and get some expert commentary here in a few weeks. Uh, so for now, to get our opinions out there and talk about it in a full, in a more full way mm-hmm. that hasn't been possible while we've been on the road. Totally. I think I've seen it like five times, haven't you guys? I've seen it about five times now. You guys? Yeah. We just saw it again in IMAX. We saw it twice in IMAX, right? Mm-hmm. I I wow. loved it in IMAX. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my god. Okay. All right. So. Well, we we are still friends with our lovely people at Borders, and they've been very patient with us this summer. So why don't we give them a little word? Today's Pottercast is brought to you by Borders. Haven't read Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows yet? Pick up your copy of this summer smash hit soon. You won't be able to hide from the spoilers forever. You can count on Borders to have it in stock and ready to take home tonight, along with the audiobook version. Even if you've read the book, the Harry Potter fun doesn't have to end yet. Visit BordersMedia.com or click on the Borders banner at the top of the Pottercast page to find out more. You know what we haven't done here in such a long time? What's that? Is it the news is news? The news. Hello, everyone. While numbers and sales of things relating to the Harry Potter world continue to climb, as sales figures for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows continue to be impressive, U.S. publishers Classic have now announced they are printing an additional 2 million copies of the 7th Harry Potter book, and the 5th Harry Potter movie continues to do well at the box office, with Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix now surpassing Chamber of Secrets and has a current total domestic gross of $266 million. Worldwide, however, the numbers are more impressive, with Order of the Phoenix earning a staggering $776 million since its release in early July. And a bit of other film-related news now, several actors from the Harry Potter films are taking on new roles outside of that of Harry Potter. Actress Emma Watson, who plays Hermione Granger, of course, has announced via her official website that she will be appearing in a new BBC film called Ballet Shoes, where she plays an orphan girl who attends the Children's Academy of Dancing and Stage Training. This BBC One film co-stars fellow Potter actors Richard Griffiths, Uncle Vernon, and Robert Hardy, who plays Cornelius Fudge. Production is now currently underway, and the film is set to broadcast on the UK channel later this year in December. Also online are new photos of actor Dan Ratcliffe, who plays Harry Potter, of course, and Dan is currently filming the ITV film called My Boy Jack, which is also slated to be broadcast in the UK later 
later this fall, and you can see these new photos of Dan in our extensive image galleries. In a bit of legal and book-related news, a young teen from Provence, France, was arrested and later released after it was discovered he allegedly posted online an entire translation of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows in French. Police who do not believe the 16-year-old fan who was doing this for profit said they were, quote, particularly surprised by the quality of the pirate version, which they said was semi-professional, end quote. The official French version of the novel is due to be published in October. Finally, be sure to check out a new column from the author Stephen King that appears in the latest issue of Entertainment Weekly magazine, where the author comments on the legacy of J.K. Rowling and what her work has meant to children and reading in general. In this well-written commentary, you can find links to read this on our website. Author Stephen King says the following about Joe, saying, quote, I began by quoting Shakespeare and I'll close with The Who. The kids are all right. Just how long they stay that way sort of depends on writers like J.K. Rowling, who know how to tell a good story, important, and do it without talking down, more important, or resorting to a lot of high-flown gibberish, vital. Because if the field is left to a bunch of intellectual muggles who believe the traditional novel is dead, they'll kill the damn thing. It's good make-believe I'm talking about, known in more formal circles as the Ministry of Magic, J.K. Rowling has set the standard. It's a high one, and God bless her for it, end quote. Hear, hear, Mr. King. And that will do it for this week. And for all things Harry Potter, you can always find it at leakynews.com, which is updated still continually. Guys, the book sales have been out of control. Unbelievably. Let's see. Here's, here's a number for you. 11.5 million copies. Of Harry Whoa. Potter and Deathly Hallows have been sold in the first ten days of release in the U.S. In the yeah. U.S. Total. <laughs> in the U.S. You mean they only have five hundred thousand copies? You mean when I go by the airport uh-huh. store and they've got like forty thousand copies, they might be the only store in America with Deathly Hallows? Probably left? so because and they're all full price. They're they're and they are, well in the airport they know they've got you. Uh, that's true. They do it full price, but their Scholastic is is up in I two almost, more and more. Almost got one. What, John? What are you going to do at the airport with all those books? You're going to go buy like ten thousand of them. I, you have to be extra baggage for that. I forgot. I forgot to uh, to bring it with me on the airplane, what? and I wanted a book to read. <laughs> I almost bought one at its full price, and I'm like, no, no. I got to go to Borders. Well, that is a huge, huge number. Ten days. I mean, think about that. And they're adding two million more. It's only been ten days. Ten days. That's it. Uh, this, it's been longer well. It's been longer than that by the time this weeks. comes out, but still. No, <laughs> it's been like fifteen. But still, days. it's amazing. Yeah, but as, that's the last figure we've heard. Is that eleven point five million? Oh well, you know. So it's more than that. It's they might be Molly. completely out of the first run of Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows already. Mm-hmm. So save them, guys. They're going to be worth thirty cents someday. No, never. <laughs> one in twelve million copies. One, imagine if they numbered them all. One or number four, four million and seven hundred and sixty-five thousand and three hundred and twenty-two out of twelve million. I mean, that's just that'd be brilliant. I mean, like they do limited edition stuff. There's more numbers though I have for you. <clears throat> the uh, movies are doing well too. Now, Order of the Phoenix is now the third on the box office total, and it has. It's earned seven hundred and seventy-two million dollars in twenty-seven days of theatrical release. Wow! Whoa! Yeah, no, that's great. And speaking of Order of the Phoenix, (laughs) yes, I mean it's 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 great and all, but we got a lot more exciting news that came out of Ms. Joe Rowling. Yes, we did from our friend Miss Joe. Oh yeah, she told us all about the. I mean, it was it was amazing. It was it was like uncorking a bottle. It was like. She's been waiting to say all these things for so many years and can just talk about it freely now. I know. Awesome. She just... Well, I'm, I'm just so glad I can finally share it with you guys because she's told me this stuff like weeks, uh-huh. weeks ago. I mean, I wish I could say... Months I wish ago, I could really. express doubt, but from the way you predicted the whole freaking book, I, you know... <laughs> no, I assure you that all of my predictions were true Trelawney predictions mm-hmm. and... Having no prior conversation. <laughs> with See, he's stuck now because he has to. On one hand, he has to. He can say that he talks to Joe, but then if he says that he talks to Joe, he's totally he's he totally loses all credibility. <laughs> well, with I don't want to get in trouble yeah. or anything. And plus, the getting in trouble thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what was your favorite part of the um, the new revelations? Well, there's one clue, everyone, and it has to do with my friends, the Hufflepuff, and their house and their common room. Everyone, we learned that they have little little tunnels go into their dorms and they have 
all the doors have perfectly round doors, like barrel tops, like cake tops. The little hobbity house. I'm so happy. I love you, Joe. Mwah! Love it. Oh, my. It's a warm Joe. So didn't she also say that they're also near all the house elves? No, not house elves. They're Down near there, the they're kitchens. Near the kitchens because they're festive and they're friends with their friends, the elves. And it's all happy and yellow. So they can keep tabs on all their slave house elves? No. Why would they? No. They're friends with them because they have little tunnels where the little elves can come hang out with them and party with them in the common room in the warm, happy, warm, and yellow place. And they hang out the little half chairs and they have little mm. pop open the little kegs. <laughs> I love how you guys are just making this up right now. My favorite part of all of, of this um, was hearing about their... Was hearing about all their professions, you know? Yes. Oh, it was broadcast. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, Jenny. Jenny playing professional Quidditch. She is. She's like the ESPN broadcaster then, too, because she goes on and writes. It rocks. Good for her becoming a journalist. Yeah, yeah Jenny. Yeah, Love Jenny. That. What does Luna end up doing? She gets to be like a, she could, she could, a, 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 a nudist or no, something? John. No, <laughs> She's a wizarding naturalist. She goes around searching. She's sort of like... Naturalist. She's, Isn't that the same thing? No, John. No. 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 Are you sure? I am positive. Oh. She's not like Indiana Jones. She does not become Indiana Jones. She goes out and like studies the plants and things out there. Yeah. She's yeah. like the Rachel Ray of planting. She is exactly right. The Rachel <laughs> she goes Ray around planting. and finds stuff and tells you how to find stuff and I, I don't know. I don't know what she is, but she's but she's awesome. She's in like khakis and and has a net in her hand and <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's going around and But she never things. gets with Neville, does she? No, no but, but, but guess who she gets with, though? Was it the grandson of Newt Scamander? Mm-hmm. And do you know what his name who is? is? Rolf. Rolf, just like the guy from Sound of Music. You are Luna, Aww. I am Rolf. You know, the you know, I, I was, am 16 going on 17. <laughs> I was thinking of the Muppets totally. myself. But totally. Oh, gosh. Remember Rolf? You coming. are Luna, I am Rolf. We like to go hunting. Uh, riding and naturalizing we do. We are quite a pair. Okay. I don't know. It's just so beautiful. I loved it. Well, I, I, I liked hearing... Um, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just love hearing how Harry's just like a normal guy with a normal family, and his life's a little boring, and that's cool, you know, because it's what he wanted. Do you think he has trouble paying his taxes? I really think probably not. You know, <laughs> like I would some hope other kind of crazy. I would hope that the Wizarding World would exempt him from tax paying for saving all their lives. I know. We should bring up one uh. thing that was kind of controversial because, okay, Joe gave a series of interviews that MSNBC drug out forever, and we saw new little things every day. And then she did a chat on Bloomsbury. And in this chat, there was a discussion of Mr. Ron Weasley on what he did, right, Melissa? Immediately. Right. And then there was a little controversy on whether or not he went to work directly for at Weasley Wizzes, or did he go on to become an R, right? Was that, did I get that Well, confused? here's the thing. They never, she never said that, they, that Harry and Ron were Aurors specifically. They right. went in and revitalized the Auror department. They, mm-hmm. like, headed the, the team or headed the... So I'm, I'm sure they did work as Aurors, you know, at some point, but they weren't just right. Aurors. But then, like, it's totally feasible, at least in my mind, for Ron to be working up to that, whether immediately or not, I don't know if it matters, and helping George when he can... Or if she meant that he was helping George in the sense of helping him get through his loss, you know? Well, lest, lest we forget, no one graduates from Hogwarts and signs their name on a line and becomes an Auror. There's two additional years of school. Right. So he could go on and work while he's in Auror schooling, for God's sake. So that kind of sh- shoots down that theory, right, John, of yours, that they flunked out? They did not go back. They actually did go back and graduate then, I'm thinking, right? You know, I think they sort of did. I'm well, sort of on that camp now. What about yeah. you, John? I think that was one of the questions, too. Did, the, did they ever go and, it wasn't, yeah. and graduate? Because, yeah. I mean, the, the book ends not with Harry going back, you know, to Dursley's or back home. It's, right. I'm going to go back to my dorm and take a nap. <laughs> so, True. <laughs> they're still at Hogwarts come the end of this book. I don't know. I would presume that to mean that they finished the year. Yeah, they have. I mean, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's got to be so silly for them going back to school. Imagine Harry, who's now yeah. wise yeah. well beyond his years, hanging out in the hallways. Like, what would they do while everybody was off being 17-year-old idiots? <laughs> do you idiots? think Harry gets any more detentions? Uh, probably not. Potter, probably detentions. Not. I don't think Harry Scrub gets any trophies. more homework. I think they just were like, oh, Potter, you, you clearly don't need to learn this. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, how do you... Do you think Harry got a special services award to the school? I would yes. really, really hope so. 
He better. <laughs> I hope it's I hope it's double the size of Riddles. I hope they took Riddles and they threw it out a window into <laughs> Me a <lake>. too. <laughs> Come on. Big meltdown. I'm surprised party that board. was not mentioned as a passing Horcrux possibility. Uh, Everybody no. thought that could have been a potential Horcrux. No, a lot of people weren't. But you know what? I I have to wonder if it's even still there because he got it for ca- capturing the heir of Slytherin, and they they proved that Hagrid wasn't the heir of Slytherin. So, mm. hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but there's so so I mean there's so many other things like Neville becoming the professor that he had been long guest by our fandom that she had said there might have been a professor, student that goes on to become a fr- professor and that was him so I was thrilled herbology yeah well she acknowledged that that he and Luna seemed to grow closer than she expected them to yeah. which is funny That's because true. she almost always says that she was also asked did any characters surprise you at any time and she's like well no because i've been writing them and i wrote them the whole time so they did pretty much exactly what i thought they were going to do i sort of she says that luna and neville kind of grew closer to each other than she anticipated see well if there was one if there were two characters that were going to surprise her i think it would be luna and neville yeah I thought you said two characters were going to get a reprieve no that was arthur yeah it was that arthur was arthur i can't yeah. believe she would have killed him in book five I know. Imagine that. And we that were watching that scene recently in the and the on the film and like, oh my gosh, if that was a death scene right there. Yeah, yeah. Right in the middle of the movie with their kid's dad, I'd be intense. Ron, yeah, the Weasley's dad. Imagine how that would have affected the rest of the books. It changed everything. I mean, and and the fact that Harry got to see the whole thing. I mean, how would Ron or the Weasleys look at him the same way again if he recounted the story of him killing Arthur Weasley in his dream, and the fact that it was true. Holy crap. Yeah, seriously. You know what? There's so many. There's just a wealth of, of new information. But she, we learned more about um, the way she chose characters to things. Like when she was talking about how Hagrid, that she f- had him carry Harry out of the forest, just like she Harry or Hagrid brought Harry into the Wizarding World. There's that whole cycle thing. And I just... When she tells you these little stories, you can see just how detailed and how much she thought out about every single yeah. character. It's my, just my favorite yeah. thing is that there was some interview where she said that the American editors wanted her to make the scene in which Harry gets Draco's wand more dramatic, so that oh, the reader right. would remember that he had wrested Draco's wand out of his grip. And she said no. She said she wanted the entire fate of the Wizarding World to rest on these two idiot kids dueling. Or rest, not even, yeah, no, not so even dueling, funny. wrestling. She wanted to like point out yeah. that as carefully as you plan these things, these little stupid things happen and you don't realize it. And it came down to Harry pulling three wands out of Draco Malfoy's grasp, yeah. you know? Oh, man. But I have questions about this wand thing. I have huge questions about this wand thing. Like, so anytime anyone was disarmed in all of the books, their wand changes allegiance. So when like the kids disarmed Snape in book three, did his wand change allegiance to all three of them? Yeah, that's no, a I think it's only just question. the elder wand that has that. No, no, no. It's 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 a wand. It's a whole disarming thing. Because remember the wand that 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 Harry was just given in book right. seven that he didn't win wouldn't right. work right for him. He said it felt it felt wrong. He, he couldn't even enlarge and reduce things properly because he didn't get its, yeah. its allegiance. The wand did not choose him. Somebody just handed him a wand. Hmm. You have to I, win I, a wand. I, I could have sworn that the only thing that had to do with the allegiance was the elder wand. The elder wand is the most. I mean, it's the most. Hunger, most lustful for power, but just that that Harry, that Ron shows up with an extra wand and gives it to Harry. Harry didn't win it at all. The wand never works right yeah. for him, you know. Hmm. So it happens with all wands, and Ollivander talks about it too. How a wand will shift allegiance, and he said that that Ron asks if he can use his wand, if, and he said that since since he won it, yes, it would probably work fine for him. So yeah. it's, you know, it's just the like the, it's like magnified with the elder wand, I think. So wait, so would that mean Wormtail? Did Wormtail kill Cedric with Voldemort's wand? Yeah. And so his wand chose Wormtail over Voldemort. I just I find mean, that it worked, kind of... but it probably wow. just would have worked better with somebody else. Yeah. Whoa. You know, like it's, it's very very tricky. I would love to see an an essay, his scrupulous people, going back over the books and tracing where this new wand information may have changed. Our, our understanding of the books. Yeah. We're going to have a whole big canon conclusions about that wand, I'm sure, in the next cu- couple of weeks or so. Ooh, canon conclusions. Conclusions, yay! So yeah, much to we're not going to sit here and just skirt over the topics one by one for a minute at a time. No, okay, there's so, so much no to talk about. No. All right, well, well, okay, guys, we have got a whole Rupert interview coming, and we have some movie talking to do, so I think it's time that we move on. 
Alright, let's let's hear the whole Rupert interview of which you can see the video for on RupertGrint.net and part two on, on RupertGrint.net in a few days as well. And we were very, very impressed with you. This is the run that we felt like that fans have been have been waiting to see, <laughs> because um, there's there's a couple moments where we felt like uh, you were the brave run. You know, you were the Harry's true friend. And so, did did it feel any different this time around uh, filming from the previous movies? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the last and the fourth one, Ron, was, you saw Ron was a bit more like he was going through quite a, a tricky teenage sort of stage where he was like sort of falling out with Harry and he was he had trouble with girls and, and stuff like that so he was he was a bit all over the place but this time he's, you can definitely see he's, he's grown up a lot he's matured a lot and um, yeah he's, he's a lot tougher this time and it was um, really cool to sort of be involved in that because I don't usually get get, uh, get to do stuff like that so sort of actually sort of um, fighting and sort of uh, getting uh, zapping away some death eaters was pretty cool. Do you think the fans will be happy with your performance or obviously they will be because they're huge fans of you but do you think you've they will be happy with the performance and the way that Ron's portrayed. I think they'll be happy with the film overall, definitely, because I mean, um, I mean, it's not really. I mean, I, Ron. I mean, there's a lot been sort of. There's a lot of missed out, obviously, because mm. it's such a big book, mm. and it's really hard to sort of get every detail. So Quidditch and then, which I was a bit uh, disappointed about. But, um, I know there's a lot of fans can't get the whole Weasley's Our King. I've been down <laughs> this morning to the premiere. Really? There's, yeah. there's banners for Weasley's Our King. Cool. All that's that's good to hear. Probably going to get a whole chorus of Weasley's Our <laughs> that's, that's, that's King. Good to hear. Yeah. King down there, but just that. Yeah, it was it was a bit disappointing because I was actually really looking forward to that. But um, no, I mean I can't understand why I didn't I didn't put it in because I mean it's um I mean as far as the main storyline goes, you don't really miss it. Cause, so much going on it's yeah. pretty intense with, with Harry so we've heard rumors that it might pop in for six so who knows you might have a chance at it <laughs> well yeah yeah but um, apparently lo- loads of people are telling me that Dunkwood is quite a painful experience so yeah. maybe we heard Dan doesn't like it very much no he hates it so <laughs> <laughs> I might regret it are you looking forward to the premiere meeting the fans how do you feel because some of these fans I've been speaking to have been at like, free fair really? yesterday afternoon Jeez. They slept in the rain. Really? In the rain, and last night they are so they're absolutely. Oh, they, wow. and, but a lot of them are waiting for you to all got the banners. Oh, wow, well, that's, that's no, it's really cool. I mean, the premieres are really fun. I mean, they're really crazy and just a little bit overwhelming. Um, I remember the first one was pretty, getting quite a lot to yeah yeah. yeah. Getting, it's quite um, it's quite strange, hard to get your head around. But um, I mean, they're, 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 everyone's really nice, and it's just it's just really really cool. It's, it's really exciting, yeah. And the English premiers are a bit more fan orientated, where the American ones seem to be all about what you were. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. So. <laughs> well, we'll be able to compare it in a few days. <laughs> sure. Uh, one of the questions that everybody wants to ask you is um, about the next coming film. There's a love triangle with Ron, mm. Hermione, and Lavender. And we know recently uh, you were part of the auditions with Lavender. A couple of days ago, uh, we, I don't know if you actually ended up doing it or not. They talked about you were going to help audition and actually swamp the <laughs> potential lavenders. I don't know. Have you? Um, well, I haven't actually had much input at the moment, but no. um, okay. may- maybe maybe in the, maybe when they get uh, more serious. I don't know. I, I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So you're you're aware of that, that storyline, I guess. Yeah, coming up for Half of Prince. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, it's gonna get quite <laughs> you know, intense with Ron in the next one, so it's it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna. I, I really like the sixth book. It's um, it's, it's a lot to do, so it's gonna be really cool. Well, it looked like um, the uh, Ron Hermione relationship has really started to evolve mm. in in, uh, in Phoenix, and that uh, you guys had a little more, you had a little more confidence in your talking to her. And there's a really funny bit uh, in the Rip Remember requirement when you were uh, practicing a spell against her. Uh, do you think? Um, the, the change in that relationship is much is more significantly uh, different than the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sort of, I suppose they've sort of grown up a lot together, and now they're sort of a bit more comfortable. Because when they first met each other, they did sort of clash a bit, and now they're much more sort of friendly, I guess. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, in all the films, there's always been a little subtle um, sort of tension between them. Uh, but, um, you definitely see um, in the last one as well. He was a lot. He was quite got quite jealous, and in this one, he's he's, he's quite jealous as well as, of. Um, Hagrid's half brother because yeah. he takes a bit of a fancy to him. Jealous of the giant. That was crazy. Yeah. I love that. And um, yeah, I think he feels a lot more protective as well. So 
the big question that we like to ask everybody is uh, which characters are going to live or die come the end of uh, mm. Deathly Hollows. Do you have any thoughts about if Ron will survive this book? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so many sort of rumours going about of um, who's going to die and, and, and what's going to happen, but I don't know really. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't really, I don't really sort of have my own little theory, but I don't. You don't, know. You don't even have a little theory of what could I don't happen. Know. Everybody has their own I know, little yeah. theory. I think. Well, I think. My, well, I think it'd be pretty likely if Harry went for a B. I mean, it'd sort of. Yeah. Sort of really I mean, finalise it. Yeah. Again. What but, would you think of fish. portraying a, a death on film? Do you think you'd be able to? Uh, but yeah, I think that. <laughs> that'd be pretty be, I think it would be pretty. I don't. It depends what sort of scene it was. It was like a really cool, a cool like battle or something. It'd be pretty, pretty fun. But I, and um, no, I wouldn't really mind at all. Really, and it's the last book as well. So yeah, a lot of people thought so. that uh, when you fell off the knight in Sorcerer's Stone on the chess piece, yeah, that, yeah. that was you know that was uh, foreshadowing your death. Yeah. Uh, in the last book, people have the crazy theories out there, but everybody says that's why Ron's gonna die, and we're like, oh, no, no, he doesn't need to. Would you be upset if they did kill you off? No, I don't think I'd be. Up no, I wouldn't be upset. I mean, it's the last one, as, mm. as I say, and um, I mean, Hogwarts. You could, I could, all, if they did, sort of bring them back, come back as a ghost or something. I suppose. <laughs> so um, I'm not. I'm not too worried now. I think. I, I, I think. I think. I've got a funny feeling that Ron's gonna make it through. I think. Well, um, all of the Rupert fans uh, want to know some other general questions about you. They want to know uh, what was the last film you saw, the last album you bought, and the last book you read. The uh, last film I saw, um, well, in the, in the cinema, I guess. Sure. Um, I guess Fantastic Four. Okay. Yeah, I was asking. I was, I thought I really that enjoyed. One? Yeah, the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I haven't gotten that one yet. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and the last album. Got the new White Stripes album, Icky Icky Thump. It. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and book. Um, Always a tough reward. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Well, I haven't actually. I, haven't, I don't really sort of read much since I left school. Yeah. But I think I'm definitely going to read the the sixth one again, so it's fresh in my head for the That's film. That's an excellent idea. When do you start filming the sixth? We start in uh, September. September. Yeah. And then, and then are you going to do it back to back with the next film, or are you going to have a break? I don't know really. I mean. A few, there's a few rooms going. They're gonna just sort of go straight into it after mm. the seventh one. It just depends on what. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't really know yet. Are you excited to be back with David Yates again for Half-Blood Prince? Yeah, definitely. Did you have a good time. Yeah. With him? Yeah. We've, we, everyone really got on really well with him. He was just really sort of laid back and just really much more calmer than the other directors we've had, which is really nice. Yeah. And uh, he was just no, he's just a really cool guy. And um, yeah, I think he's he's put his own sort of thing on the film, and he yeah, looks he looks really much more grown up. So it's cool. Have you got anything else planned? After Potter, or are you just going to concentrate on the next two Potters, then move on? To would you? Sure. I mean, would you do Fear to Like Dan did? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, did, I mean, I did. Like, it's not really something to really compare. I did a few school plays, which um, <laughs> I didn't really enjoy. I mean, you do get it's a lot much. I mean, it's a much of different experiences. You do get quite a buzz. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't sort of rule. I'm probably not quite the same. I, I don't know. I, no, nothing really lined up. I'm just going to sort of. Sort of finish these last two Harry and see what sort of happens. You go travelling yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah, 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 probably. I mean, you did like driving that. lessons, which was a very funny thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe sort of do something sort of similar like that in between because that was only six weeks, so and I really enjoyed that whole different experience. So it was cool. You got to see Aquas. It was yeah, really amazing. amazing yeah, I, I don't think I could, I could never do that. So it's pretty pretty. Brave. When I was asking a lot of the Rupert fans, they wanted to know if you could play another character, which character would it be? Even though I'm sure you get asked that all the time. I don't know really. I mean, there's so many really good characters in the mm. thing. I think um, one of the nastier characters would be quite cool, like um, maybe Snape. That's the that's quite a cool part. And uh, I don't know, Malfoy. Any, anyone? Yeah. So someone evil. Probably. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Do you have a thought about uh, Snape? About whether uh, you're, you're, you know what happened in the end of Half Blood Prince? I'm guessing. Sure. Yeah. Do, you, do you have do you know whether or not uh, or have a good theory if he is for the good side or for the bad side? Yeah, I don't know. Again, I'm pretty sort of slow when it comes to these theories, but I think I don't know. I can't. I kind of think he's 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 good. I think. Do you have any plans for or, uh, on when you're going to read the book or or um, if you're going to? Uh, I'll read it immediately just to figure out what's going to happen to Ron. Or I don't know really. It's going to be it's going to be weird because um, obviously no one no one knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd be quite tempted to flick through 
Just to the end. Oh, for your last page. I think I'll. Uh, well, I'm uh, sure you could send, find some uh, friends to tell you. Yeah, we'll yeah, probably, we'll we'll probably come out soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just listen to it in your car. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> good enough to give us the new intro to podcast for a while yay can i just say he was so cool I, we talked to him and i got to talk to him in la and he said the word cheers sue and i just i just he's so cool love you rupert yeah he's so rocks love Bloody you hell. yeah no but it's just did i ever so tell cool. my story on the show about how we saw him at the after party and um which was a total blast and yeah. I probably had a few too many Hogwarts teenies, but um, no. <laughs> I won. I won a poster from playing. Uh, probably flip the phoenix. Oh yeah, that game. was fun. That was fun. Yeah. And whenever I saw him, I kept hitting him with the poster, asking him what's going on. <laughs> no. At some point of the night, which was pretty bad. <laughs> but he That's kept bad. laughing at me, so it was okay. Mm. But um, yeah, good times. I love my favorite. My favorite Rupert thing ever is that he was wearing a Harry T-shirt. At the premiere. Yes. That he was underneath his thing. Yeah, he gets badass <laughs> points forever for that. Yes, he does. And I love that we were there yeah. when, when we were standing right in front of him when Dan saw it. Yes. <laughs> Dan it turned really around funny. and went, nice shirt. <laughs> was great. Yeah. And the looks on their faces were really funny, too. It was, it was just funny. It was pretty Very awesome. Cool. One of the questions, one of the ones that I most wanted to ask him, or not even much of a question, but just to point out how awesome of a job he's he did with this character which you know is is a lot to do with with him and his ability, but a lot also to do with the script he was given this time. Um, and and when we look at uh, the film from the first few times we had seen it, we hadn't read Deathly Hollows yet. But having read Deathly Hollows, how has watching Phoenix and the other films changed for you guys? Because they changed a little bit for me. You know, it's we yeah. went to go see the movie on Saturday, Sunday night, Monday. Night, whenever we were at Prophecy, and then almost everybody was gone. Um, we went to see it. Sue wasn't there, but like 15 staff members were left. And so 18, exactly. I went to go see the movie and I was not expecting it to be different at all. And in the room of requirements scene, I felt something hit my chest and I didn't know what the hell it was. And I felt my face. The first room, this is the first room of requirements scene. Um, and I was, I was hysterical crying. I didn't even know what was happening. I didn't know what was going on. It, there's something, uh, it was it, just something about seeing them start the resistance and build it up and know what was coming um it was just it was completely overwhelming in a way i could i didn't expect ever you know yeah it took it changed wants them to fight back yeah it changed the entire movie because you know what's coming you know the battle is coming and that these are the people who are going to lead it and it just was, yeah, it was completely overwhelming. I got to speak to Mr. Goldenberg at the um, after party in, in Los Angeles, and we were talking, and he was asking me what my favorite part of the of the movie was, and I told him that scene, that was my favorite line. He says, it's like Hogwarts wants us to fight back. And I said, I think that's from book seven, and, and I think that's going to be very significant in the book. And he just had the strangest look on his face. Yeah. And he did not reveal anything, but he said, you know, you're really, really smart, and that, that think that's – and he didn't finish it, you know, you know, yeah. and just, you know, and just, it just killed me. And it was just like, ah, and then I just had that feeling. So when I saw that in the movie, I had come home and see my, with my son afterwards and I saw that film. So yeah, I know exactly how you feel. It's just awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It, it really makes you wonder now at this point, just how many people knew anything about Deathly Hallows and how much they've known. Because, I mean, we're foolish to think that just because we don't know they know right. means that they didn't know anything. Well, Joe Joe admitted during that MSNBC interview that she had told um, the trio a little bit um, more than they ever let on. Is was, was her direct words. So you know, it's really but, funny. Yeah. She said that she told Dan that he gets a death scene. Yes, and now yes. we know why. For years, Dan was saying that he thought that Harry would die, <laughs> and then the week before at the LA premiere, he said to us, "Finally, he goes. I changed my mind." He said, "I." Yes, I, he did, I, didn't yeah. he? He did. Mm-hmm. He said, "I think that Harry's going <laughs> to live. I've, I, forever, I thought he was going to die, but I think that I think <laughs> he's going to live." 
And it was like... What? Dan read a spoiler. Dan got a spoiler, but he the whole time he's like, I think Tyler's going to die. That's because uh. Joe said you got a death scene, you know? But yeah. come Aww. on, Dan. No, no, no. I'm sure, I'm sure I was informed by more than that. But it was really funny. Joe sort of yeah. ratted him out on that one. <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah. That was awesome. That's there's a really good interview with Dan, by the way, that we had that uh, Entertainment Weekly did with him. If they want to read that, it's really good. Links yeah. on our site. You should read. Oh, that. The, the my boy Jack thing. No, that he had talked about what his reactions to reading the book and everything, and how was shocked. Oh like, yeah, he was yeah. Shocked at Dobby's death and everything too. So it was really, it's really good to that read his. Good their, you know, and Emma, of course, posted on her official website that she was happy. She went whoop whoop that Ron and Harry yeah. whoop 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 whoop. Oh, that was her Emma. words. At least we know it's really her writing. <laughs> Yeah. So, do, um, my my wonder, of course, now is, will they age the trio during the epilogue scene in the movie for Deathly Hallows, or are they so. going to have to recast the trio? Oh God, so. no! No, they'll no. be old enough where they can age them. I think anyway. Yeah, they'll be old enough. They can do it. It's only a couple of wrinkles, you know. Yeah. And I I know. I mean, they'd better. They'd better. <laughs> I don't care if it looks unbelievable. If, if they get new trio in there and end their film with random oh, people Lord. we don't know, I'd be like, oh, yeah. get out of here. And the seven film saga. You know, do you think we'll have the epilogue in the... I, I don't know. I I think that they... I can see them not doing it. Depends, too, on who they get as director. But I can actually see them not putting that in there. Maybe after the credits. Yeah, like a bonus scene. That would be cool. Or save it for, like... You know, some sort of like extended DVD thing. I mean, I guess it depends if they want to option out uh, filming anything from the encyclopedia. Oh, that'd be so cool. Okay. Dolish is going to have at least six pages. I'm sure of it. He can have his own chapter in the movie. Well, it'd be like Kill Bill, or you know that. Lef- no, it'd be like Sin City. That's what it would be he, like. No one, no one wants to see him getting pwned by a woman in the vulture hat, dude. It's just not going to. He happen. let that happen. He okay, okay. No. Next, guys, Beat up guys, guys, old woman. Guys, next week is our. Movies. He would never have thought she'd have fought John, back. John, next week is our book thing. Could we? Save this. <laughs> All right. Next week is books. This so, week is movie. I will say, though, I will say that, well. that I was standing right there when Lexicon Steve said that he would put it in the lexicon that it's John Dollish. That's right. You are. There you go. It is John friggin' Dollish, baby. That's right. With, with an asterisk, but, you know. Did, did we tell that story on this on the show to everyone? We only, so we only told it on the, on the website. I think a lot more people. I know I blogged about it. Oh, you did. You and I've since learned new details about it since. But <laughs> essen- essentially, Joe was posed the question before, you know, she went out to read during her big mm-hmm. um, reading there in the London Natural History Museum. She was asked, um, "What is Dolish's first name?" And the new part of the story that I discovered recently is that her initial response to that question was, "Dolish." Well, he's a bit of an idiot, really. <laughs> Dolish is an idiot. We got that much clarified. Mm-hmm. But no, they went on to say, well, that's okay. John from the Leaky Cauldron wants to know. And she's like, oh, well, hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I don't think I've ever given him a name. Let's, let's call him John from now on, though. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she's like, well, no, really? Can we, can we call him this from now on? Is that okay? Can we tell people? And. She's like, she's like, yes, yes, let's, let's call him John from now on. Oh, so my God. So <laughs> no, no less than probably 10 seconds after she's done calling him an idiot. She called him is John. Is he person John Noe? <laughs> John, John Dollish. But it, well, it makes sense, too, because the guy got top levels on all his newts hey. and, and gets pwned by Gran. And you, you, you play Stop it. You saying p- that. He let that happen. No. You played, it, you it played an idiot on the show, but you, <laughs> you have lots of insightful things to say. So it's sort of like a little reverse action going, but I, I think it's a, good, it's a good call. I do, too. I agree. Uh, Way to go, Joe. You pegged it uh, just right. I, I, I mean, hell, I mean, she could name me after somebody with, you know, I, I don't even care, Spoltergeist <laughs> or whatever it is. And at least... There's a John in there. You don't want to be John P- Peeves. You don't want to be Peeves. So I, I take Dolish. <laughs> John Peeves. Okay. <laughs> so movie, funny. guys. Seriously, we've seen it like four or five times. How long did it take you to get used to it? I'm still not used to it, actually. I mean, for it to lose like its new factor and to join the film Harry Potter collection, hmm. I think it's starting to get there. There's three things about it that really had me wondering after reading Deathly Hallows. You know, one of them was something that we I think we kind of all predicted was that when Voldemort possessed Harry at the end there mm-hmm. that was a very painful experience for him more painful than anything he's ever suffered through before 
And the way they handled it in the film was he basically was just like, eh, you're an idiot, Harry. You're going to lose everything, and I'm just going to leave. There was no pain. It was just like... I still don't even understand why Voldemort didn't just try to kill him right there. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll, I'll let him live for another day. There's flu people fluing yeah, it. Yeah, it's leave. interesting because in, in the book, there's a point that Voldemort shows up and says, you annoy me, and tries to kill him. <laughs> you yeah. know? And then and he just the meantime, decides, the... eh, I don't want to anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he leaves because yeah. Fudge is here. <laughs> I'll play with him first. He's, he, I think he's afraid of Fudge. He's back. Yeah, I know. This is so weird. Fudge. He's I'm back. afraid of Fudge now. <laughs> well, you saw Dollars there. Maybe he saw Dollars and got frightened because yeah. Dollars was right near the minister. Well, the movie, I mean, a lot of people, we've, we've gotten a lot of weird reactions to the movie. Yeah. Uh, I still I still feel that it's best so far. I just think the cinematography and everything and the acting was, was just, and the writing. I totally. Leagues. But it just as something as a whole still doesn't work for me. I still I I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just that it was rushed, and I I I lament that it was rushed. I felt that it was rushed more more so than Goblet of Fire. I know a lot of people felt like it was just bang bang scene scene scene. Yeah. But I thought I I felt it much more rushed than and then um, Goblet of Fire. I but. mean, there's no full storyline to five. I know it's like yeah. this yeah. giant book. But it's yeah. not. It's not like the. It's not like the question is posed at the beginning when you see Harry dreaming. But he's not like, oh my, what is that po- door I'm dreaming about in the beginning? Yeah. Right. You only sort of get that he's sort of dreaming about this, and it's about a bunch of different things, and it's the middle book, and there's mm-hmm. no winner, and there's no loser. Nothing truly happens. There's a battle, and nobody wins, and you know, it's 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 yeah, it's. A I mean, it's book. it's it's a very different kind of movie than the ones we've seen mm-hmm. before. It's like a sampling from the book yeah it's touching yeah. upon a lot of things from the book but never anything for too long mm-hmm. and they rely upon a lot of unfamiliar storytelling elements like newspapers and we even have a hairy voiceover narration for god's sakes when he's reading out loud his letter to Sirius I think it was he's walking down towards Hagrid's hut he's basically saying I'm back at Hogwarts but I feel miserable I mean for them to convey that through a voiceover and not not really anywhere else that's you know obvious it's like they they're trying to push in so much of the book as they can which you know more power to them that's what we've always wanted right but the result that we're left with is something that a lot of fans are kind of not so sure about can, can you but there was so much from the book, but right. just never anything too much at a time. Right. And th- and this is my big lament about the entire series. You can tell the, the distinct difference between the different directors. And I think in the long run that, that hurts the series. Because like you were talking about the yeah. different sort of filmmaking. And maybe just from, you know, I mean, we had talked before in the past about maybe we would wish that like maybe the BBC would do like a 29 hour long miniseries of it or something. Redo it oh, all. Hell yeah. You know, and make it all just one director, one consistent thing. And that's the thing that... that that the more that we go along, the more differences I've noticed. Yeah. And it just takes, seems, sometimes it takes away from it. And I just, um, uh, I don't know. But, and I think this was like, it, I, I liked Yates, and he's very much like Alfonso Cuaron in the sense that he put a little bit more artistic, cinematic things that I tend to like in movies a little bit more that I wish. But they just, everything just didn't blend. I don't know. I just, I mean, they did just try to, they added so much into this thing. Yeah. Which is awesome because that's what a lot of people describe the films recently as, yeah. you know, visual fan fiction or, or not even fan fiction, but just like just the visual interpretation of everything. So anything, yeah. you, anything they can visualize for us is going to be, Oh, that's so cool. I read that from the book and all this. And I noticed recently that there was one of the, um, one of the ministry decrees that okay. they had made and put in the film was anyone caught reading the quibbler will be suspended or expelled or whatever. Yeah. But you're thinking, well, why the hell? Why? But all we know about the quibbler is that Luna was reading it at the beginning. We don't know anything about Harry doing an interview with the quibbler. Yeah. Why would the quibbler expel you? Right. Well, we know in the book why, because Harry does the interview. So it's like they added it to the film, which is cool to have there. But it's like... How do you feel about that kind of stuff being there? It's never really explained right. to a pure, you know, film audience that has that doesn't read the book. Do you like it there, or would you rather they? Well, 
I, I want that. I I'm crave all that stuff, those minor things. I crave them having in it, and I think they did a lot. I just think, but yeah. I, I don't know if it, it just like you said in terms of the film itself, it didn't. I don't know that it really worked or made a lot of sense. Can I can I ask you this? And this this is just a totally random mm-hmm, off thing. Mm-hmm. You know they had creature in there, and now yeah. we learned how important he was. Yes, I was just gonna say him. Do you do you think that they will even have Dobby in film seven? They have to. You cannot cut Dobby's. I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. If they cut Dobby from film seven, I'm gonna be one angry panda. Well, totally, because I would rather have Dobby in film seven than creature in film five when they don't even really utilize creature in film five. They in, they introduce him. It's like the whole point is for him to betray Harry and Sirius, yeah. and you never see. But you him. don't. No. What was the point then of having him in seven? Right. Of saying that you're going to need him in seven. Do you? Is he totally crucial to books? I mean, don't get me wrong. The the creature stuff in book seven was some of the best stuff for me. I loved it. I can't even tell you. But is right, right. but is he crucial? He's not necessary to tell the story by any means. And when you think of what Dobby does. And mm-hmm. seven, saving everybody like that. Right. Having it be an elf that saves it. Having it be the elf that Harry buries that proves in Griphook's, you know, mind right. that Harry is a different kind of wizard, which deems him worthy enough to help Harry in his cause. He, Dobby does a hell of a lot there. Here's the thing. I'm going to predict that they're not going to have Griphook. Yeah, and, you know, I thought that too, Melissa. I really did. They're just going to bust in themselves. Uh-huh. And, the, and then, that would like, be too many effects. Yeah. And it's too much yeah. emotion that you can explain right. in a book, and it's too much of this other stuff going on. How the hell are they going to break in themselves? Well, really, honestly, it's did Griphook, once they were there, honestly, did Griphook do anything? Honestly, did Griphook do anything? He other was than, there yeah. for sure. But right. in a movie, they're just going ha- to walk in disguised, <laughs> and fund people, go through, figure it out themselves. Like, watch watch it'll be something from Hagrid. It'll tell them how to deal with a dragon or something. It'll be t- something totally... Yeah completely bogus you know you know but yeah. i can i can see that i gotta say though it seemed like it was far too easy for them to get into gringotts like well, they, they did you think nobody else had figured to do the same right. things they it's did it's really funny they spent weeks planning and their planning was polyducing into bellatrix Strange, which was seen through in about 10 minutes yeah you know yeah they'll make it minimal um but see i could almost see them even making creature come in and help save them at malfoy manor I could just see that, you know. See, that would make sense. They at least have to do something with creature. Oh, but I love I just the whole. I mean, yeah, I know he probably is not necessary in a film, but the the whole emotion <gasps> of it that Harry digs the grave and he that's right. when he starts. You know, that death is so no, important it's, that's to him. It's gotta be Dobby. It has to be. I'd rather never see creature again and have Dobby in there. Well, it's Clovis is coming back, so you know. for seven. Well, we don't know for Zach though, but I assume he'll be back. But I mean, the Lord. whole freaking point of creature is to introduce, you know, what happens when you treat, you know, creatures or people that aren't human in a a bad way and how it, it, you know, kind of parallels with pure bloods treatments of, of, you know, mudbloods and half-bloods is that, well, how can you have this contradiction here when you look at other people or other things as less than you? And then they talk about, you know, oh, well, creature... You should pity creature. You should respect him. You know. You should, you know, promote the elf cause, and this and that. And then, you know, you never see any kind of poor treatment of creature. Yeah. You never see creature be the one to, you know, betray Harry mm-hmm. and to send them off and right. to betray Sirius like the way he does. So if if they they can't use creature now in Half Blood Prince, in the way he's used in the book. Because he, he, there's no reason for Harry to not have a good relationship with him. There's, there's, there's. They, they can't get over their relationship in Deathly Hollows and decide he's going to be a friend again. Right. It's, it's like they introduce him. They spend all that time and effort, and now what? What story device is he going to serve now? Well, we'll find out. Without drastically rewriting the story. No, I, th- I th- no. There's no rewrite necessary. You, you see. You could you could cut creature completely out of the sixth book, which is movie, which is probably going to happen, and still have him f- serve the same focus in six, where somebody says to him, "Oh yeah, he was left to you in Sirius as well, and he hates you." Oh no, I meant I meant rewriting creature's story, not the story in general. What, why are we why are we rewriting creature's story? I'm confused. Well, because um, to to justify his inclusion at all, yeah. If they ever want to use him again, they have to totally rewrite the, what what happened with him. 
or else there's no reason for Harry to have animosity with him. Yeah, because we didn't have the locket, right? So yeah, but you can tell creatures tale without having without talking about him betraying Sirius in book five. That's sort of an unnecessary, you know. You could he could still he has the same tale of what happened with with uh, the locket. Well, yeah, his story doesn't change with Regulus, but his relationship and his willingness to open up to Harry with that stuff is different. No, it isn't. It isn't because the same things happen. You cut out you cut out all of the stuff that was cut out from from movie five, and you have the same information going into movie six. What happens to get him to change? Harry gives him the locket, which we're going to find out about in movie six. And in seven, Harry gives him the locket, and that's how their relationship changes. It, it, it doesn't change at all. I wonder in movie six if they'll have that cave scene. They'll do sort of like a flashback scene, or have like creature talking about the locket and that that cave. You know, kind of a precursor to Seven, because we learn. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, if they were smart, they would shoot all of the cave scenes at once. Yeah. And shoot the cave scenes for Half-Blood Prince, and shoot the cave scenes for Deathly Hollows. That's the advantage they have going into this now. And I don't know how people's contracts work and stuff, but... Mm, that's a good point. I mean, effort-wise and financially... If they already have everything built and ready to go, they might as well shoot it all in one chunk. Yeah, but say if like, because you know, Karan was already already been interviewed and says he's really interested, or really tempted in coming back to do seven, so they can't have it with two different directors, right? So because Yates isn't signed for seven, he's listening. Well, that, that doesn't matter. I mean, they they used flashbacks from one through four for number five oh, different directors true. producing those things. That's true. Oh man, wow! It wouldn't look that much different. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well. The one other thing is you, you named you named off creature and you named off. Um, well, I talked about the Voldemort thing, but one thing I know all three of us were a little confused about is, um, well, and Deathly Hollows really threw it through a loop. It was the whole you know Snape's worst memory scene. Oh, Completely. Oh. Hello, was, Lily it, Potter. It been, the way it was filmed in the it's like who trapped the ball here? Yeah, yeah it should have been cut. There was no reason for it the way they did it. They go through all this trouble to cast all these kids, to cast Lily. I can't imagine Goldenberg didn't write the scene with Lily in it. I'm sure he did. I don't know. Well, she was cast. I, of that's course. what I'm saying. I'm sure he did. Yeah. So something like this just gets dropped on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Who, who's going to own up to this, and how can they put this back in the movie? I don't even know. I mean, it's just... Well, it just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's not... It's not it's not impossible to fix, but it's just a big blunder. Like she should have been that that's she should have been in that scene. That was the whole point. That's why it was his worst memory. I can't believe they didn't ask somebody if they could cut yeah. Lily, you know? I mean, that's just yeah. so huge. I mean, hello fan consultant, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think one of their biggest, one of their biggest challenges I think they'll have with Deathly Hollows, of course, is how in the hell are they going to make this Snape relationship with Lily believable? When you have somebody who looks like he's 60-some years old in love with somebody who's 30 years younger, 40 years younger than him, who really is supposed to be the same age, who, you know, Snape's never talked about. We don't know anything really about Lily. We've never seen her really until Phoenix, and then we don't. So, So you're saying they won't do it with flashbacks with a different actor playing Snape? Is that what you're saying? Or... You think they'll just... I mean, to cut Alan Rickman out of anything sucks, because he's awesome. Yeah. But how are we supposed to look at those pensive scenes and see somebody who's supposed to be Snape, you know, 16 years ago, Mm. and have him look too much drastically different than the Snape that they're showing us, you know, present day? And if they do do, you know, Alan Rickman... Yeah. It's like Melissa and I were talking about, I think, you know, is this why they cast such old adults to play Harry's parents and to play Sirius and Remus and people who are supposed to be in their 30s. Oh, maybe. Cast people, well, you know, in their 40s and 50s. Well, they might just... They, they never really have gone over the timelines, right. you know, in the book. They never really said when out after Harry's parents... I mean, in the movies. They never said when when Harry's parents left Hogwarts, they had him. So they can totally screw with the timelines if they want to. Like, I agree, they should be younger, but I don't think... I, I think it's, we're focusing... We're focusing on the wrong things here. You know, that's not a tragedy. Oh, yeah. Every problem, there's a solution. 
They'll figure well, it it's out. Not, I mean, it's just, it's also like not like, it's not a big deal. More important, I, I feel, are all the emotional things that are going to be so hard to convey. Book seven was is, right. is, is full of action scenes, but it's also very emotional. They have, all, I mean, they're going to have, yeah. they haven't really been great with, with focusing on that. And that's one of the reasons I really loved five is that you can really, you re- we really saw without having it spelled out what was going through Harry's mind and why he was so off and why he, yeah. you know, and what, you know, and the actor about Aberforth and stuff. I mean, they need to have an actor. I don't know if they'll cast the same Mr. McManus or whatever who he was. will play him. But what about Gambon? You know, is he going to be popping up in the, in the, the, well, John made a good point about Gambon. I feel like he got vindicated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, because he was... I swear, yeah. was he the most brilliant one out of everybody? <laughs> no. It was by accident if he was. Yeah, by accident. <laughs> he, he clearly... Total by accident, but oh my God. Callous Dumbledore for the win. Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't callous. But, yeah, no, okay, he was callous. But still, but not like mean the way... Anyway. He did. He, he still would not have slammed Harry into the... No. <laughs> no. Did you put it down like a fire? Screamed at the student. Well, yeah, ah, sure. Get back to work. <laughs> you, t- you take the guy's <laughs> most over-the-top moment. But, I mean, for us, we were so criticizing. I mean, well, well, you had the big emotional or the supposedly emotional scene in Dumbledore's office when he explains the prophecy and explains why it took him so long. is because he cared about him too much. Which, before Deathly Hollows, we're all outcrying because, oh, my God, that's awful. He's supposed to be like the guy's grandfather. He would never say yeah. it like that. He would actually say it. With feeling, and there'd be a tear in his eye, and everything, and and he would say that he loved him too much, but you know now we've read Deathly Hollows, and he's just you know he's a warrior, Dumbledore, and he's the guy who's you know the guy who invented the expression for the greater good, yeah, and he's he's the guy who's got to do what needs to be done, and Harry is you know what has to be done. Looking at him like that, Gambum's played him fine. Yeah, we finally saw the real Ron Ron Weasley show oh, up in movie five. Thank bring it God. on, baby, yeah. keep it up. It was so yeah. nice. One of the first things you do is see him is stand up for Harry. It's like what? What? Yeah. What movies are we watching right now? Yeah, you know, yeah. it was amazing. Oh, thank God. And then, of course, the brilliant inclusions of some new characters. Like Luna Lovegood. Oh, she was. Oh, she's so good, kick, Ivana. Kick That's the one constant you hear. Even people who hate the movie agree that mm-hmm. she was just fantastic. And everybody, the the acting has has so much improved all around. That by movie seven, yeah. that scene oh, again. I'm sorry, again movie seven. But when by the time that Harry's like prowling around Voldemort and they have that that thing where they're circling each other, he's gonna be mm-hmm. so badass. It's gonna be great. Yeah. It's going to be great with him and Fines, too, man. That's going to be awesome. Oh, Fines, I love him. He'll be, he'll be great. That'll be awesome. I have no faith. I have no lack of faith in that. I think it'll be awesome. Awesome. I mean, one of the things that I don't think they seldom get enough credit for is getting the look of some of this stuff right yeah. and the look of these characters right. I think they totally nailed the look of, of Voldemort. Yeah. Like, spot on. Yeah. Oh. Just the look of some of the sets, like... The Ministry, Grimmauld Place. Oh, so good. And it's hard for me to even think of how I used to thought these think these places looked when I just read the book, but yeah, and then separated from some of this some of this stuff because it just looks so awesome. And I'm just relieved because my man Jason was looking so fine and kicking butt. And, and <laughs> he had a 3D Jason. <laughs> yes, yes, it was awesome, dude. Jason in 3D. Can it get any better? The, my favorite shot of Jason in 3D is when his hand is like in front of the screen and <laughs> we're actually looking at the sextet, yeah. but his hand is like sailing over the screen and all you see is the back of Jason's hand. Yeah. It's really freaky. My favorite part of that whole IMAX thing, which by the way, go see it in IMAX because you're it's not going to awesome. get another chance. Um, all the prophecies are raining down and it really does <sighs> feel like they're right over your head. It's just it's completely wild. Yeah, it's just Crazy. But it's hard. Have you guys ever had a perfect viewing experience with IMAX? I find it's really hard. Once in a while, the the, the picture goes off. Well, it's it's tough. It depends on what what even like if you angle your head right. just a little off center, it distorts it. No, the worst viewing I've ever seen for a movie was the one that John and I saw in Los Angeles. 
because <laughs> we're too close and this gig enormous thing you have to like lay back and so if you're oh, too God, yeah. the front row and you kind of look up people's noses the entire time it was pretty awful but oh at the premiere yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, Sorry. that was funny that sucks yeah, but oh, I liked it. Yeah. I like seeing it in IMAX. It was just, it's brilliant. It's just I mean all of it. Just the glass shot alone when you know Voldemort's yeah. face was, and doing that whole scene. Yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of getting God. the looks right, Whoa. the Thestrals. Oh, brilliant! Weren't they awesome? awesome? I thought. Yeah. yeah. Totally brilliant. Okay, we have to have a better conversation about this when we're not all slammed from prophecy. Yeah, that's true. And. <laughs> And well, we need to split it up into into smaller chunks. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we'll do, I mean, if we're we have great plans of how we're going to discuss the book, and you're going to keep your eyes on PotterCast.com to yes. figure out how to be a part of that. Yeah. But it, basically, we're splitting it up into into little bitty sections because there's so much in every little bitty section. So mm-hmm. perhaps it'd be wise to split up this film into some smaller sections. Yeah, and talk about yeah, and try to idea. talk about that one one section a week. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll have more more on that. Otherwise, otherwise, what what better you know is it to listen to us and to just talk about <laughs> just talk about it with your friends about your favorite parts? Yeah. Right. <laughs> this isn't a favorite parts show for a week after a week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then in that case, I think it's time to cue those drums. And speaking of things that get overlooked, for holy okay. God's sake, the video game. Oh, the video game. The awesome. thing that we were pumping up for months. I'm still playing it. It's really hard. And just totally gets slammed oh, by everything dude. else. You, that dude, happens. I finished it. Dude, you spent half the video game running around the grounds. I know, but that's the best part. Yeah, but it's but like running from it. place to place. Like you get across the grounds and it's like, no, you got to go back there. And then you get across the grounds and it's like, no, you got to go back there. And <laughs> I'm still waiting for, for you to give me the darn copy of the Wii game. Yeah, you left it here. I keep forgetting to grab it out of the yeah, box. you left it here. Sorry, dude. I'll get it. Put that in my laptop box. It's awesome. Go finish it. I finished it. And then when you finish it, we can talk. Okay. Yes. We'll do that. We'll devote. We'll devote a. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a lot soon too. Yeah. Okay. All right, dudes. And I I don't think that enough of you have gotten that game yet, to be honest, because I think yeah. in the whole run up of the book and the movie. Oh yeah, which is yeah. As valiant as their effort was, you can't. They got railroaded. That game enough with all the other stuff happening. Yeah, they so. got a little bit railroaded with all this, but there's plenty. There's plenty to come about that. Mm-hmm. Plenty of coverage. This this fandom. Yes. Everybody keeps thinking this fandom is winding down. Holy mm-hmm. cow, man! It is just starting we have so much to, oh, to go through now it's amazing yeah i mean we should we should just take a second to speak to the fans who may be down this week maybe in the middle yeah. of their post potter depression yeah we talked to a lot of you at prophecy and you know obviously there's countless more of you out there than show up at the conventions but you know one of the big questions everybody's asking is what's going to happen now is it the end? Is it over? What, what should I do with myself now? Everybody's all getting upset because it's very emotional for people who basically tie their fandom and their communities into their friendships, and mm-hmm. your friendships aren't going away. Nothing is going away, and there's there's so much more coming, and there's so much more for you guys to come up with that we could that, that, that you know fan sites can do, you can do on your own. And mm-hmm. I think we should have a discussion about this, about, about fandom. I completely yeah. agree. That would be a brilliant idea. Because mm-hmm. fandom, the fandom is a huge thing, just to call it the, the fandom. It's bigger than most people would you know, come to think of, because to a lot of people, the fandom is only what they find themselves enjoying personally. But on, on a whole, there's, there's so much, so much even just on... On what Leaky tries to cover up the fandom, there's there's more than that. There's, I mean, we try to do it, represent everything, but it it is so huge. So for, maybe we should just have a whole podcast about what's going to happen with the future of the fandom. Try to get in a lot of different voices into it. I think that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. Yeah. Cool. Sometime in the future. Plan. Well, hell, we're going to just bombard you on Pottercast.com for <laughs> stuff. But that might be an awesome idea for you guys if you're interested. To send us in some voicemails, mm-hmm. send us in email detachments of of what your opinion, of what what do you think is the future of our Harry Potter fandom? What's going to happen in a year, two years, ten years? What do you want to happen? What do you think will happen? Even if, if you can, send us a video blog on YouTube. That's cool, too. We'll put that in the show notes for you guys to just video blog and send us in your links and... We'll see what we get and see what we can do with it, but most likely it'll be part of a big old 
Right. Big old show devoted to the future of the fan. Yeah. And we're going to have a couple of theme shows. We have a religion talk coming up eventually, which we know oh. yeah. we were trying to do before book seven, but oh my gosh, am I glad we're doing it after book seven. Absolutely. Yeah. Shoot. And next week we're Thank God we next waited. week we're actually going to talk about the books. Yay! <laughs> the book, the book seven. Just uh, oh yeah, canon conclusion starts soon. Yes. Back mm-hmm. with Mr. Steve Vanderark. Yep. The we've missed. Yep. Yeah, that was one of the other things I'm going to put on podcast.com <laughs> is for you guys to uh, give us your suggestions of what you think we should talk about Deathly Hollows first. There's dozens and dozens of potential canon conclusions out there, but. Let's hear what you guys think we should talk about first and give us some ideas so right. we're hitting up what you want to talk about most as soon as possible. Cool. Sounds awesome. All right, dudes. Yep. I think it's time we push on out. Thank you, Mr. Rupert Grint. Thank you, Mr. RupertGrint.net. And we will see you soon. Keep twiddling those dials. The next password will be Hedwig. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. night. We've missed it. Dobby I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) You've been listening to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. To learn more about Pottercast, visit pottercast.com. Pottercast is produced and hosted by John Noe, Melissa Nelly, and Sue Upton. The show was edited by Steed Bonnet and Matt Kelleher and transcribed by a lovely army of transcription elves. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail or answer any of our fan requests for comments... To leave a voicemail, 1702-425-3259, 1702-42-LEAKY. In the UK, you can phone 020-7193-2872 or you can email staff at pottercast.com or you can Skype us at pottercast.